Hello, I'm Anna Bogutska. And I'm Clarice Lockery. And this is the Next Supremes, an American Horror Story Rewatch podcast. This episode, Elsa has a birthday party, and Paul has a secret romance. Wow. Why did I make that noise? (laughs) You know what? I don't know, but I appreciate it. (laughs) Today's episode is titled Bullseye and was written by co-creators Brian Murphy, Brad Falchuk, and John F. Gray, and directed by Harry Deutsch, who also directed Edward Mordrake Part 1. So we love him. Yeah. (laughs) so i thought with this one um we should start perhaps with dandy's storyline of course Mm -hmm. yeah there's absolutely no (laughs) ulterior motive for that whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) but the the twins are now living at dandy's house and he is uh, working very hard to seduce them court them i think is more appropriate perhaps yeah it's it's like an entirely sexless (laughs) endeavor because his mother (laughs) his mother has a a platter brought out with a little little dome on top Yep. And she's like, Dandy, I have supplies for you. And they take the dome off and it's just a pile of prophylactics. <laughs> I love the word prophylactics as well. I really wanted to come back into fashion because condoms is crass, but prophylactics are fancy. Yeah, and condom, con, I, I think because of my accent, I really struggle with that word. <laughs> so, um, you know, in romantic situations, I would prefer to have something else because I always stumble over it. <laughs> A tray of prophylactics, perhaps? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> For the gentleman. <laughs> so, what do you make of the 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 relationship that's building between Bet and Dot and Dandy? Um, quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really love the scene of them writing in their diaries. And it's oh, like, yeah. that's like, dear diary, today's the best day I've ever had. This man brought me caviar and I love it. Um, and then Dot being like, I would, I hate this. This man is weird and, and boring. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that Dandy is so like totally aggressively committed to making them fall for him but also is so offended when dot just calls him boring yeah a bit bit fragile ego there (laughs) because that's the thing it's like i think his dandy's so obsessed with the like the image of himself and how he conceives of himself and and the arrival of bat and dot it's sort of like 
he ha- he's trying to have this moment of personal reinvention mm-hmm. where he's just like the ultimate like romantic because this is the thing it's like it's so sexless because he's sort of play acting at being mm-hmm. a boyfriend and mm-hmm. when they're in the cinema and eating popcorn and like the hands touch for a second but you look in his face and it's like this is nothing is happening here you know this yeah. is a man just like he's seen it in a film before and he's trying to replicate it mm-hmm. and so i think that's why like he switches so quickly because it's like like you know valentina on drag race all stars where she talks about like this is um this doesn't make sense for my fantasy (laughs) 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 like this fits my fan it's like that it's like something intrudes and he's like "Mm, this is not this doesn't this is not a part of my fantasy Mm. well and i think that this this story i've never uh I've I've only seen a few episodes of Drag Race. Please don't cancel me. Oh no, she's just really great. I really enjoy her because she's always just <laughs> talking about. <laughs> she's just really delusional, but in a really really fun, like nice way. Oh, so just like me? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> But yeah, she's always talking about her French, I think it's like her French vanilla fantasy, which is just like <laughs> literally living in her own bubble. And that's what I feel like Dandy is doing. Like oh, he has 100%. no understanding. <laughs> but also on a on a kind of darker note, uh, what's so good about this episode I found is that it kind of through Dandy and, and his obsession with the Tatler twins presents our own cultural obsession with quote unquote freaks that the whole season is about. <laughs> Where it's like, you don't really want to save them. You don't want to, you're not in love with them. You don't really want to be with them. You just want to ogle them. Like you want to have them around because you have this like fetish with that's completely, you know, controlling your way of approaching other people. So it's never about them. It's always about him projecting his obsession and his fetish onto their bodies and the way that not just the way that he play acts romance but the way that he wants to control them and like through the diaries and uh, through bet and dot's kind of diaries and the way that they see them which are two you know very contrasting responses to him one very negative one completely buying into all his bullshit at the heart of it when they start like talking about a, a, a surgery that might separate them that's when you know, he never he doesn't want that not because of any consideration for their health or their connection with one another or anything like that it's more like oh but then you wouldn't be freaky you wouldn't be freaky you wouldn't fit into my fantasy and it's also what i find interesting is it's it's because he thinks of himself as as associating with them because he Mm -hmm. has that speech with his mother about like when i'm around them i feel normal yeah and i think there is an an element of that like the the weirdness of the obsession is is because um i don't know there's like an ableist thing of 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 like of of he he wants he like he kind of wants to be thought of as different because he mm. has so much privilege privilege he doesn't understand what 
that is actually like in reality it's like a glamorous idea of of you know being weird and being unusual mm. it's like i find that dynamic really interesting because mm-hmm. i think there are elements of that in in society of people who like want to appropriate certain things to make themselves stand out because they they don't understand <laughs> you know like that's kind of the base of appropriation it's like you're taking something to make yourself um look look different from your peers but it's like but you're taking something without understanding like the cultural weight behind it and oftentimes like the the oppression that comes with it if that makes sense it's hard because i'm talking about like many many things at the same time yeah no <laughs> yeah. i totally get what you're what you're saying though and i think obviously hs as we've spoken about many times it does try to tackle these big themes sometimes the very exaggerated storylines but i think that's what dandy's obsession with with the freak show is is a representation of is this desire to be othered when you're not and instead of actually <laughs> communicating or connecting with people or you know seeing people for who they are it's this obsession with the thing that makes them others right mm. and underlying all of that is that i don't know weird bourgeois dissatisfaction with just being fine yeah which kind of and and I think there's also another another thing there where Dandy really and not that he really wants things that much because he is a sociopath and he definitely like just wants to murder people, but <laughs> there is a desire also to have someone or like have a community of some sort. His weird intense obsession with Twisty and his weird intense obsession with the Tadler twins kind of is an extension of that, I think, which brings me on to Elsa and her birthday party and her whole relationship with her entourage of freaks. So what did you make of her uh, ceremonial party? <laughs> She's sitting on a throne. <laughs> Literally sitting on a throne. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Just like arrogant, like self-obsessed to the point of parody that she's sitting on a throne for her week of birthday celebrations and she gets everyone at the freak show to to get in a line <laughs> and give her presents. Oh my god. Like, literal Game of Thrones shit. <laughs> um, it's very funny. Very funny. It's very funny, but also then um, Amazon Eve gives her La Petite, uh, Ma Petite, in a little knitted warm thing, like little outfit. Like a hot water bottle, yeah, like she looks cozy, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was, lo- that's the word that I was looking for, but instead of hot water bottle, I thought of a warm, which is not... <laughs> a warm. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> she looks like a little knitted, oh no, that's bad. She looks it's cute, but it's also weird. It's weird. This is a oh, person. It's, it's a person. Super degrading. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like what well, it is like the relationship that everyone has with Marpetite is really interesting mm. because they will adore her, but that's the same time. At the same time, they they will treat her so differently. They treat her like a child, and it's yeah. like no, she's a grown woman. Like. Yeah. 
you know and and then it's interesting because she's been so socialized to respond to that and so mm-hmm. she is childlike but you you know I and mean, that's the thing it's because she spent her entire life you know she's just socialized to be like act like that and to put up with being a fucking hot water bottle or a human hot water bottle like oh. i want to just mention the fact that not not only is she presented to elsa as a gift she also is then put in a little box and has to sit there in her hot water bottle outfit while Elsa has sex with Paul? Yes! Can we discuss? She's just chilling. (laughs) (laughs) She just got out of books, started reading. (laughs) I... Catch up on the newspapers. <laughs> Catch up on the on the TikToks. On the TikTok, she scrolled through TikTok. <laughs> I mean, and she goes to be like, "Oh my god, guys! I just saw this." Oh, sorry. And yeah, I'll, I'll catch you later. I just saw a really funny TikTok, but don't worry about it. I can see that you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> what I really wanted to chat about was the fact that Elsa has several big speeches about how the freaks are her family and how they're each other's family and they're each other's support system but she is so mean and manipulative to paul and so insulting and just dehumanizing to even even the people that she claims she loves the most like muppet like muppetit like ethel yeah she is full of shit <laughs> <laughs> I thought especially the speech she has at the very end of the episode where she's crying about, why don't they know my heart? Oh, I don't they why don't they see I'm such a great person? It's just peak, like, <laughs> like, absolute delusional, egocentric, narcissistic, terrible person. And she's convinced she's going to Hollywood to be on a TV show. Now she loves TV. you know what elsa is the sort of person who was never on board with like the sopranos and then really got into fleabag and decided like oh my god tv is great did you know about this little show that i love called fleabag oh my god have you heard of the sopranos i just discovered this amazing show called mad men have you heard of it have you heard of mad men (laughs) yes bitch i have no life i have been watching tv since fucking Oz was on the air and I was watching Oz at the same time as it was showing. Okay? Don't talk to me about Fleabag and The Sopranos. <laughs> that is so funny because it's so accurate. <laughs> so you can tell that I have like a lot of <laughs> millennial hipster energy about prestige television. <laughs> <laughs> but also like that's she would she is that person mm. who just just pretends that like her opinion wasn't different five minutes ago (laughs) (laughs) and she uh because the tablet twins are gone because they're living at the mott mansion she brings in a new act to spice up the show yes yes spinny spinny knifey knifey (laughs) I don't know what it's called. So. I believe that is the official name. <laughs> spinny, spinny, knifey, knifey. Um, I don't know. I have no idea what it's called. 
this you spin the thing and then you throw you put the person on a thing you spin the person and then you throw knives at them and they don't die that's the point of it but she also uses it as a veiled threat to the other freaks doesn't she yeah it's a very <laughs> it's a very weird threat because it's sort of like if you mess with me i will murder you under the pretense of a circus act how is that how is that weird (laughs) that's pretty much like a murdered thread yeah um again just very delusional we're getting a lot of delusions in this episode yeah big delusional vibes but also there is her sort of affair with paul well let's talk about paul because he gets two romantic stories in this episode I love Paul. He's Paul just like great. a nice guy. And chill. Yeah. And also, like, uh, his conversation with Jimmy. Jimmy is not smart. <laughs> <laughs> He's Excuse not a me. smart man. <laughs> is he not? He's a big himbo. We love a himbo. <laughs> <laughs> because Paul quite rightly points out that it's pretty obvious that elsa did something with the twins Mm -hmm. like and jimmy's like no she'd never do that elsa's great (laughs) and she just you know this woman who's having a week-long birthday celebration and making everyone line up to give her presents is a totally fine and balanced person what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) and paul's like hello I love Paul and I'm really bad for him because he's just like, he knew exactly what was going on and was quite open about it. And because Jimmy is is a big himbo, <laughs> Elsa, like, Elsa knows that she can use that to manipulate everybody, mm. essentially, and sort of ostracize Paul. And, well, do we want to go ahead to that bit or do we want to talk about Henny? Yeah, let's talk about Penny, because those two scenes pretty much like follow one another. It's cute, thank you. With her perfume, Venetian romance, and also there's this thing that Paul and Jimmy talk about, which also comes up in in the after the scene with the Venetian romance buying, is that Jimmy has Jimmy can pass. Like he can, you know, he can blend in to a degree when when he chooses to, but the other none of the other freaks can do that. Yeah, yeah, and I get we I we kind of talked about this before. I think this show is quite good at understanding, like the nuance and and the layers to it. That you know, there are like levels of of privilege within this community, and it does really affect how they all interact with each other. You know, because, yeah, because Jimmy can pass and he has, you know, a certain more freedom to move around the community. Like, yeah, he does see Elsa in a, in a more positive light because he's kind of less of a, a hostage to her. Because this is the whole thing. Like, she has this show and the thing that she holds over everyone's heads is, oh, if you piss me off, like, remember that, like, I'm the one thing keeping you from, I don't know, like, homelessness death like terrible things yeah and 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 i think jimmy 
you know, yeah, that's the thing. Jimmy is maybe is less held under that threat, and and so he that blinds him to the truth, and it's that's what's so sad about with Paul is that you know he can see so clearly what she's doing, and but someone like Jimmy just is like you know has blinders on. Shall we talk about what Elsa does to Paul? Yeah. <laughs> so the spinny spinny knifey knifey she she follows through with the threat. Surprisingly dangerous. Yeah. It's so oh, sorry, I'm I really am mad at Elsa in this episode. <laughs> She's just a terrible person and she she berates everyone in the the freak show. And then says, I need you to prove your loyalty to me by going on the spinny, spinny, knifey, knifey mm. and, and you know, showing everyone that you trust in me. And so Paul does it. And then she's like, oops, stabbed him. <laughs> <laughs> and she's so shameless in her acting when she's like, oh, no. Oh, God, what a, a terrible accident. <laughs> Who could have foreseen this? Yeah, and it's it's like it's such a clear, not just a show of strength to the other ones, but also a response to first her rejecting, rejecting Paul romantically and being like, "Don't fall in love with me, darling. Like, I that is not that is not what we do. I know you're in love with me, but don't." And then when he's like, uh, "No, I like this other girl," she's like, "How very dare you!" Yes. how dare you not be madly in love with me when i specifically told you not to and also i don't like you and also i'm just using you for sex and also i'm just gonna hide you away when i get my tv show lovers so she wants she wants to literally berate her cake and then eat it as well berate her cake <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing i yes I love that. Just berate her cake and eat it. <laughs> but yeah, there's a... Shall we talk about her final speech with Ethel? I mean, I don't want to because I hated it. Oh, no! <laughs> I just, I like Paul a lot and she really crossed her fucking line this episode. Yes, she did. So, done with her. I do love the fact that the episode ends on Ethel essentially being like, if I find out that you did something to the twins, and I know you did something to the twins, I will personally kill you. It's like the AHS version of the Taken speech. <laughs> it is. It <laughs> is. Uh, and honestly, it's been a lot of death threats this episode, but I feel like this one is the best one. Yeah. And to to come full circle... Shall we chat about Dandy's meltdown? Oh boy. <laughs> cause yeah, cause he they have their diaries, which the point of a diary is you don't read it. <laughs> Unless you're the person writing the diary. But he reads the diaries and then he's sad about it and it's like what did you expect? Yeah, he's sad because Dot calls him boring. <laughs> Yeah, I love that his his mother finds him like prostrate. It's like a real like 
Shakespearean, <laughs> like romantic pose on the silken pillows. Yeah, like he's really suffering. He's suffering glamorously. Yeah. Um. And then, but the thing is, his mother's just like, "Oh, we'll just get her a first stole, and then the other one will be jealous, and she'll be desperate for your affection." Um. And he's like, "No, I, I'm, I don't want to be loved. I, I, I don't want to buy love. I just want to be loved." <laughs> he's like having a tantrum because somebody doesn't love you is, yeah. Well, I mean, relatable, but also, (laughs) you know, you don't like go from, oh, the girl I like, well, one of the two girls I like doesn't like me back. I know. I'm going to go on a murder spree. (laughs) Yeah, it's quite a like quick switch from, wow, I'm so in love with these girls. My life is great to my soul is empty and (laughs) I have no purpose on this earth but to bring death. Let me pick up my ancestors' Nazi daggers and go on a rampage. <laughs> like, imagine if that was like everyone's reaction to getting dumped or getting rejected. Honestly, I would have been in jail a long time ago if that was a normal reaction. <laughs> Be like, oh, this person said no to the date. Guess I have no soul then. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I am empty like the desert. Like the desert. I love that. Honestly, you know what? Dandy should have gone on fucking dating apps. His soul would have, like, evaporated from his body after two days. You know, I feel like Dandy should be introduced to the concept of sugar babies. He just needs a sugar baby. Do you think think Dandy is a sugar baby or a sugar daddy, though? He's a sugar daddy. He needs a sugar baby. Right? Because he just wants someone to be nice to him and be like, you're great, Dandy. I think Dandy is the sugar baby, though. Wait, who's the sugar daddy, then? (laughs) Well, I think he needs, like, a murder sugar daddy. Oh, so Twisty was the sugar daddy. Sort of. So, like, if you take away the money things, because Dandy's the one with the money, but he doesn't Mm -hmm. really care about money because he doesn't understand the concept of it, I don't think. Yeah, but I think a great sugar baby will make it, you know, they, they'll they be good at uh, making it feel like it's not about the money. It's yeah. the skill of a good sugar baby. They're like, I want to spend time with you. Yeah. But well, during this very fancy dinner. <laughs> so I think Dandy kind of has that, but he'd have to get paid in, like, yeah. murder. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Give me two seconds. That is saying it. That was so priceless. <laughs> Such good timing. Sorry, that was my sugar daddy. <laughs> just, dro- just dropping off. Um, dropping off some cake. Just dropping off some cake. <laughs> <laughs> that was such perfect timing. It was exquisite. <laughs> and before we we move on to our categories, is there anything that happens in the episode that we haven't discussed yet? Well, I guess um, because we didn't talk about the Venetian perf- the, uh, Venetian romance perfume store scene. Oh, yes. Because Paul goes to get the perfume and he sees Dandy buying like two hair clips and two headbands. 
How suspicious. (laughs) I what I really enjoy about that scene is when Paul's looking at it, he tries to like move everything. Yeah. And he's like (laughs) (laughs) there's like hairbands just go flying everywhere and he's like (laughs) You know what? Great piece of editing. I I I kinda hate where my brain is at right now because as we both know, because we communicate through TikTok a lot. I've been obsessed with TikTok, so the moment you started talking about that scene, I instantly thought of that TikTok sound where it's like, they're never going to know. They're going to know. They never know. They're going to know. They're going to know. The two headbands. Yeah. <laughs> the two brushes. And now they're going to know. <laughs> they're going to know. Someone please make a that sound with that scene. Because I think it would fit perfectly, <laughs> and I'm I'm not even going to attempt to make TikToks. I'm too old for that. I will just yeah. watch them. We're of the age where we can't make them, but we can watch them. Yes, yes, that's it. That is correct. <laughs> that is a great scene. Yeah, and so the episode ends with Jimmy turning up, being like, "Hey, <laughs> so, uh, you kidnapped two women." <laughs> Let's talk about that. Oh, Jimmy. What a great little himbo. Great little himbo. So, shall we move on to our categories for this episode? Yes. What is your top quote? What's from that final scene uh-huh. when, when <laughs> the mother opens the the door and Jimmy's like, hey, I'm Dandy's friend. And she says, my son has no friends. <laughs> I think mine is also uh, a a Mama Mott quote, where she where Dandy's having his little meltdown, and she goes, "Let's give the one who likes you one of my mink stoles or a tennis bracelet." Kind of love a tennis bracelet. Yeah, I had to Google what a tennis bracelet was. I don't really. It's just a very thin bracelet, right? But I don't understand. Dude, I'm trash. I don't know. Like, is it a bracelet that you only wear when you're playing tennis? That's what I thought. Isn't it just like a very thin gold? But maybe you wear it to watch tennis. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I did Google it, and apparently, it's because a a very prolific, famous tennis player um, was wearing a diamond bracelet that broke and, and fell off while she was playing. Right. But in my head, it was because, oh, posh people will wear specific bracelets to play tennis with. (laughs) That seems like a thing I wouldn't want, a bracelet that breaks. (laughs) Darling, I got a bracelet that's famous for breaking and falling off. Happy birthday. And what about the Bomer Boner Award for the horniest moment of the episode? Um... You know what I think the horniest ep- moment was mm-hmm. when, so they're uh, Dandy's ruining the newspaper um, about these conjoined twins that were separated, mm-hmm. and then Dot has a fantasy where like she's they've had the operation, and she's just walking around, and then Jimmy's like, "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, babe, <laughs> hey, twins." <laughs> Hey Toots, see you. You got separated. It looks hard on you. <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, thank you. Well, it's let's go Dorothy fuck. now. 
Um, which I thought was extremely horny because you're like being mm. horny over the prospect of your sister's death. <laughs> <laughs> you're assuming death. I think Dot was when, mostly thinking about boning. No, Jimmy. no, no, no. Because in that fantasy, Jimmy's like, "Man, I'm really sorry about your sister." Oh my like, god, you're right. <laughs> it's like, I don't care. Let's go. Fight. Yeah, because in her fantasy, like the sister's death is what gets her to bone town. <laughs> <laughs> with Jimmy. So like, yeah, pretty disturbing fantasy, not Her sister's death is what gets her to both up. Oh my god <laughs> It's her ticket to Bone Town. <laughs> it's the, the the tragedy of her sister's death. You know, I, we, I know we always entertain the fantasy that we might interview the cast and crew of American Horror Story one day on this show. I think that sentence killed it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't tell me that Sarah Paulson would not find that funny. She would laugh. I she think has she a would. great sense of humor and she would find that very amusing, I would think. I would I would I want to think so, so yes, let's go with that. <laughs> um I I wanna give the Boba Bono moment to when Dandy brings out the breakfast foods. And it's all, all the foods. And Bet is just looking at the food. It's like more food and fancier food that she'd never seen in her life. And I love it because it's horny, but for meals. Mm, horny for caviar. Horny for pancakes. Mm. I think There's it's much more respectable. Weird meat on the table that I didn't understand what that was. I don't remember the meat. It was some sort of, it just looked like beef. I was having beef in the morning. I've had beef in the morning, I think. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> I am struggling to remember though. I was thinking, what was that meat? I can't visualize it, so I, yeah, ca I can't say. Beef doesn't seem like a morning meat to me, but. No, unless it's leftover beef. Morning meat. That's <laughs> well, you know what? I want to change my. Uh, my decision and i want to give the boma bono award to this episode <laughs> to me right then saying morning meat <laughs> oh, uh, and did uh who do you oh sorry i skipped a few categories so what a big feels for big drama definitely elsa with her oh. like three different boohoo woe is me scenes <laughs> she had like three of them she just whined and cried a lot in this episode very fair very fair i'd say a runner-up is also dandy when he goes from oh my god a girl doesn't like me to i am my soul is a desert and i must murder <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes tad dramatic tad dramatic. dramatic somewhere down and what about who wins in Paulson v. Paulson this week? Uh, <laughs> obviously Doc, because she's going to Bone Town. Yes! yes! Inside her head. <laughs> yes. And did you pick up on any cinematic references this week? Um, no, not really. I don't know. Did you pick up on anything? No, me either. Uh... I'm sure the spinny spinny knifey knifey wheel of death 
might be a reference to something because it's such a classic circus trick. But I can't think of anything super specific. No. And what about insensitive historical references this week? Well, there was one when Dandy's reading the newspaper mm-hmm. and discussing the story about the, the twins being separated. Uh, he mentions that the, the Brody twins, were, which were actual mm-hmm. real people, they were craniopagus twins, Rodney and Roger Brody, uh, who were born on Rock Island in Illinois in uh, 1951. And in a year later, they had a 12-hour surgery to be separated. And the doctors discovered that they shared a sagittal sinus, which is the canal that drains blood from the brain to the heart. So they gave that to Rodney. They both survived, but Roger uh, never regained consciousness and died 34 days later. Uh, And Rodney did recover, but he had neurological damage to his skull because it never... Oh, no, sorry. (laughs) Uh This is very dry. I'm sorry. But it's important Uh for history. Um, Oh, no. So Rodney suffered neurological damage um, and also his skull never closed. So he wore a helmet. And then the Wikipedia said until his death at age 11. And it was unclear whether that was like associated with the surgery or just something completely different happened because mm-hmm. it was the 50s like lots of stuff went down mm-hmm. not very interesting but well, for anyone who loves stories about medical surgeries i mean i know i do but i do i do <laughs> find it interesting because it's it's like a nod to the real people who inspired the the fictional characters of the season yeah yeah very um, much so to round up, who do you think is the MVP of this episode? Um. Oh, I oh. don't know. Because like everyone's kind of having a, sh- a quite stressful time in this episode. <laughs> um, because I, I feel like everyone kind of loses something. I want to say that it's Dot. Oh, because. Dot absolutely refuses to buy into Dandy's shit or give him the satisfaction of faking her way through not buying into his shit. And she not only like debases him in her diary, which he reads afterwards, but also to his face where he's like, you're fucking boring and I don't even get bored easily. So you're double boring this is fair but then i feel like having your diary like you read a diary and that's a big violation yeah totally agree and she also doesn't let him get away with that i don't think that's true and i guess jimmy she gets jimmy (laughs) oh yeah getting getting rescued by jimmy at the end is quite romantic yes her her ticket to bone town is in the mail (laughs) <laughs> ding dong <laughs> i'm here <laughs> so yeah yeah no i agree i agree what can we expect from the next episode then in the next episode the freaks rally against dell who was not present in this episode he was chilling somewhere else probably at the local gay bar oh yeah mm-hmm. looking for matt boma where is he i mean Gone. who wouldn't <laughs> 
<laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> we'll be back next Wednesday with a recap of American Horror Story Freak Show. In the meantime, send us your thoughts on Twitter. Follow us at The Next Supremes Pod. Also, I'm on at Clarice Lou. And I am at Anna B. Demento. Bone Town. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Bone Town. Yeah, but now I kind of just want to see a whole sort of Bloodhound Gang mashup of Dot and Jimmy and all the fantasies that she has about him. <laughs> I'm sure there's a TikTok about that. That's such a weird and horny fantasy. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're like. Mm, my sister's dead <laughs> and the man feels sorry for me hot <laughs> love it Spend with you these